Let's open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 37 and the third and the fourth verse. Genesis chapter 37, the third and the fourth verse. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was a son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Amen. Hallelujah. Tonight I want to title the word most loved and most healed. The most loved and the most healed. Everybody say the most loved and the most healed. The Bible says Jacob loved Joseph more than all the other brothers. The Lord has created us in a way to receive and give out love. Praise the Lord. If we want to fulfill the purpose of God, we need to make this prayer to God that to give us the grace to receive love. Joseph would fulfill his destiny in his days because he loved, he received love from the Father. He loved, he received the love more than anyone else. The greatest grace that we need tonight is to receive the love of God. And to know that He loves us more. Praise the Lord. To be loved the most. Like John said, I am the disciple whom Jesus loved the most. You need to have that assurance that He loves you more. Amen. It's not about whether somebody else is God's favorite. You have to tell, I am God's favorite. If somebody else have that feeling, good for them. But I have to say, I am loved by the Lord. Because we are created like that. God created us in His image and His likeness. Amen. And when you look through the Bible, you know, you will think, where does the concept of father and mother, where does the love of a father and mother emerged? It did not just emerge on one day, fathers being father and mothers being mother. It emerged out of God's heart. God was a God who carried the love of the father. Amen. God was also a God who carried the love of the mother. Praise the Lord. When he created man in his image and likeness and formed woman, there was the love of the father and of the mother. Praise the Lord. The father's touch and the mother's touch was on the first parents. and, 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 And that's why One of the first things God told disciples, I will not leave you often. Praise the Lord. Because that's how we are created. We do not function well with an orphan spirit. He said, I'm a father to the fatherless and defender of the widows. He said, even somebody who lost his natural parents, I am their father. Because you cannot function without the genuine love of God flowing. You are supposed to be so loved. And the greatest picture of being loved is the life of Joseph and the life of Jesus. Joseph is the picture of Jesus in the Old Testament. I don't have the time to go through the prophecies. Every prophecy, every prophecy over Joseph or every shadow of Joseph would be a reality in Jesus couple of things to say he was sold by his brothers Judas Jesus was sold by the most trusted brother hallelujah he was sold for 20 shekels Jesus was sold for 30 silver his own people hated him Joseph's own people hated him Jesus own people hated him praise the Lord so there are, there are a lot of prophecies so Joseph was the person the Bible says was most loved amen with a lack of time I don't have time but if you look to the Bible 
you know the mother's side of jesus in isaiah 49 13 and 14 says even if a mother forgets you i will not forget you for i've carved you on the palm of my hands and the walls uh, of, of is there continually around me so the mother's picture is given as the walls around you a mother will never reject a child you know i'm saying when you come into a home you can come in whatsoever situation and whatsoever mindset the mothers are still waiting for you you can come fully drenched fully you know in drugs and pain if you cry the mothers will reach out so the mothers jesus said just as a mother hen jerusalem jerusalem how i long to gather you just as a mother hen does it with his children the mother side of jesus the mother side of god how i long to gather you mothers gather the people around the table the mothers keeps the unity the mothers keeps the house she is the pillar of the house she says i long to gather all of you together the mother Isaiah 60 1 I think it says just as a mother comforts you I want to comfort you Isaiah 66 13 Amen Just as a mother comforts you I want to comfort you Look at the protection I'm like I gather the hens are gathered can you imagine the protection not any animal will try will ever attack a chick when it is around mother hen such, such heat the heat of the mother hallelujah though there, there is heat nobody can touch you there is so so much of heat in the mother's love blessed be the name of the lord glory to god there is so much heat when you are sick who will you go and lie down to your mother heat a heavenly heat can heal you tonight the most healing will come under a heavenly heat of the love of god hallelujah now look at the difference of a father in matthew chapter 6 the bible says look at the difference of how a father loves a child don't worry about what you eat or what you drink or what you wear father shows his love not like a mother the father reveals his love giving what you need haven't you seen the father will buy the best things that is the way he show forth his love that's the father side of god ninga avashyamulla ellam therum naan ninde appana praise the lord father gives out the money they have even the little money they gives it out so that they need fathers show so many people misunderstand fathers some if they are not as warm as mothers they show i'm i mean i'm grateful for warm fathers but some of the ways that father shows his love is giving you our need releasing his money meeting your need at the right point of time he will take a loan and make sure that your need is met that's a father's heart says don't worry look at the birds in the air above they don't worry they neither sow nor neither do anything if the heavenly father take care of them how much more valuable so we are created to move in love praise the lord now this talk to remain upset or remain in worry amen people have said something about you and you get upset about it and there of love i can't tell that as long as you're human you won't get hurt or although there is an anointing for that but you should not remain hurt because god has put us and rooted us if you remain hurt what has happened is you will be rooted there you will make a tent of hurt there you will uh, your footing will be will be on that spear of hurt you will be and your footing and your rooting goes too deep and you will struggle to come out of it amen we want to be like joseph we want our heavenly father to put us back in the spear of love Praise the Lord. How many of you want that tonight? That's how we are created. Now what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3, 17 to 19, it shows the spear of the so born again Christians supposed to be in. Read it. Some of you know it, but just read it with me. Read it with the brother. 
I want you to read it together. That Christ may dwell, come on, in your hearts by faith. Say it, say it, read it with me. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passeth all knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. You have to comprehend with all the saints. What is the length of the breadth? Only then the fullness of God will flow in the church. Come on church tonight. Till you get into the sphere of love and stop getting upset and hurt, you will never walk in the fullness of God. What happens if you are hurt? 1 John chapter 1 and the 7th verse. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. So if you are not having fellowship with one another, it is a clear sign that you are not walking in the light. You can't see anything. You are in the dark. If you are walking in the light, you have fellowship with one another. I cannot say, if I am walking in the light, I have fellowship with, with Patrick and with Savan who loves me. But I cannot have fellowship with Pritam and Anurag who doesn't love me that much. Or with Jebin or Sunlangal uh, who, who is, who, who is, I'm hurt with. Or with Rahul and Stanley who doesn't understand. That's not what it says. If you are in the sphere of love, you will have fellowship with Patrick and Savan and Pritam and Anurag and Jebin in the same way. You are able to because you are in the light. I can fellowship whether they can't or I don't know. I can fellowship with them. Nothing stops me because I am walking in the light. Oh, come on church tonight. It is absolute a mess thought to think that I see Mangalorians one group, this one group, that one group, and then, then, then you speak against these groups. It is the actual problem is that you are in a big sphere of darkness. And I see none of these groups walking in the fullness of God. Poor group, rich group, there's nothing like that group in heaven. Change the spear. Look at two people and say, you better change that spear. There's an amazing scripture in the Bible. It will break some of your pride. Proverbs chapter 12 and the fifth verse. <laughs> the thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceitful. The thoughts of the righteous are right. So many of you thinking what you are believing is right, it's wrong. Why? Only the thoughts of the righteous are right. Who are the righteous in this context? The one who has surrendered his thoughts to under the righteous blood of his love. Amen. Oh, Amen. The thoughts of the righteous. So only those people who thinks and discerns in the thoughts of the spear of love, they are only right. Rest around. They're your thoughts, your imagination, your assumptions, your rights through your experiences. Amen. That's why God says, my thoughts are not like your thoughts. Praise the Lord. It is base thoughts. It is low thoughts. It is fleshy thoughts. That's why we are always wrong when it comes to concern about examining a problem and giving an answer. We are always, because we are not thinking in God's love. Hallelujah. Now you, now you, now you, how will you think in a situation? Now you, I have particularly written there, now you, Bible always says, now faith. So I've just given here, now you, at this point of time, how will you think it? There is a thought that you have it now. Now you, everybody say, now you, have a certain kind of a thought. Now how did it come? 
It came. It doesn't. It didn't come on a single day. It came through different stages to get into a deep-rooted hurt and get into a wrong sphere. So I want you to take you to ten stages a person goes through before he get into a deep-rooted hurt. Number one of any hurt is something called fear. Fear is the doorway to every hurt. How do you know that? One John chapter four and the eighteenth verse. The first stage. One John chapter four and the eighteenth verse. There is no fear in love, ah. but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Amen. Fear involves torment. Perfect love casts out all fear. Now I want you to take, go to the next sentence. Fear involves torment. Hurt is a torment. And what is the doorway to that hurt? Fear. Fear of being unloved. Fear of being treated as second class to the best. Have you heard people saying, "Oh, these are pastors' chumchas, pastors' favorites." Fear of that I'm going to be rejected. Fear of rejection. When somebody is called, and few words of appreciation immediately. Fear. Hallelujah. People who have fear, they read the in-between lines which is not written. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God said, Joseph was loved the most. Jacob loved Joseph the most. It was not written that Jacob hated the other sons, but they read in between the lines. Come on, church. Is it making sense? Oh, you received this word tonight. Can all those people in the behind? Can you just come and sit in the front? You are too far away. Come, come, sit in the front. Right into the front. Come. Come. You're too far away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Continuing with what I said. Continuing with what I said. People who have fear will read in between the lines. People who have fear, they read in between the lines. Jacob's brothers would have thought. What would they have thought? Our father hates us. It was never written. Our father don't love us. It was never written. Our father won't bless the same way as he blessed Jacob. It was not written. He will never give us the tunic of many colors. It was not written. Our fear is imaginary fears. Praise the Lord. Our husband loves some other girl more than us. Imaginative fears. Husband never said it. Husband never showed it. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So let us take certain example for case study. Our case study tonight is from certain examples in the Bible. Number one, Paul. Paul always walked in God's love. From the day he came, he was rejected, the Bible says. People were afraid to take him. Praise the Lord. He never read in between the lines. He could have had a legitimate reason to be hurt. Here is Saul who was threatening everybody, became Paul and preaching Christ people coming to the Lord, signs, miracles and wonders taking place. The biggest testimony that could have had for the early church, Paul could have said, at least I could have called for one testimony. Paul could have thought like that, but Paul did not read in between the lines. Paul, from a very young day, learned to walk in love. Paul immediately went into the presence of God. Till a Barnabas came and told him, come. Praise the Lord. So he did not initiate hurt. He initiated prayer. Ah, Come on church tonight. Don't miss this. When you are in a place, pure, where you feeling hurt and you don't initiate the hurt, initiate prayer. 
come on tonight, church. This is solid food tonight. This is not milk. This is solid food tonight. He initiated prayer. And God sent the son of encouragement. And because he started like that from our early days, look at what Paul did. Whenever he had challenges in his life, Paul always walked in God's love. Every letter that was written to the church was the result of him walking in love. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He wrote God's letters through his speech. Through his speech. He said, I want to tell you something. Things are not the way as you think. Let me, let me put it in writing. Let me tell you. Let, let, let my speech reach you. The best way to communicate God's love is through your speech. Amen. He initiated prayer. He initiated communication. Praise the Lord. He had two qualities. Times he initiated prayer. Prayer opened the door to the hearts of the people. He initiated proper communication. Not to point them they were wrong, but he spoke to them the truth in love. Bible says, let your speech be seasoned with salt. Where do you find salt usually? At home. Salt is an ingredient of God's love. Amen. Let your speech be seasoned with salt. Salt is you find at home. When you put salt, I mean, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a symbol, symbolism, symbolic of your love. Your food speaks about your love. So Bible is using that word salt for a reason. And it says, let your speech be like salt. Let, let it bring taste and let it bring love. Like, like everybody in the home. As you treat people at the home, be, treat everybody as they are your home. Amen. So the first case study is Paul. And what did he do? He did not act in fear. He acted, initiated in prayer and he initiated in communication. Number two, the second stage that you could get into if you don't initiate prayer and communication, then the next stage that you can get into is a don't care attitude. A don't care attitude. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What is the second thing? A don't care attitude. A don't care attitude. 2 Corinthians 5, 11 to 15. In the message translation, where is my phone? Can somebody bring my phone, please? I've written that in the, my phone. 2 Corinthians 5, 11 to 15 in the message translation. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You can, you can read it. Start reading it. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are well known to God, and I also trust are well known in your con consciences. Uh, that's enough. I'll read it. That keeps us vigilant. You can be sure it's no light thing to know that we are all one. We, are, we, we, are, we all one day stand in that place of judgment. That's why we work urgently with everyone. We meet to get them ready to face God. God alone knows how well we do this, but I hope you realize how much and deeply we care. We are not saying this to make ourselves look good to you. We just thought it would make you feel good, proud, even that you are on your side and not just nice to your face as so many people are. For if I acted crazy, I did it for God. If I acted overly serious, I did it for you. Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. His love has the first and the last word in everything we do. Our firm decision is to work from this focus center. One, man, one died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life. A resurrection life, a far better life than people ever lived on their own. 
Paul had many challenges from the Korean church, but that did not give him a non-care. Hey, I will show you what happens when Christ comes. I go, you go down. He didn't say that. He said, if we are overly reacted and moved into such extreme because of God's love, praise the Lord. We care. If we have acted overly serious, it's because we care. If we acted crazy because we did it for God, because you and I are in the same boat of eternal life, and I don't want you to miss your boat. He died for you. I care. Amen. He taught that to the church too. Go to Philippians chapter 4 and the first two verse. Philippians chapter 4 and the first two verse. Therefore, my beloved and long for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. And second verse. I implore Iodia. E- e- oh, oh, oh. And I. Oh. Uh, tenth verse. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Amen. Your care for me has flourished again. Paul was in a financial need and here is Philippians church recognizing it. They did not have a non-care attitude because Paul taught Philippian church is called the perfect church and they had the fruit of caring. Amen. 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 They had the fruit of caring. Nobody has to think I have to give pastor money. That's not the talk. The talk is you have to care. Hallelujah. You have to care. That's a quality. The very word pastoring comes from the word caring. Shepherding means caring. The church is a place to care for one another. First to knowing that God cares for you, then to care for others. Amen. He did not have a don't care attitude. Paul could have just said, oh, I just fear speaking to you because I'm scared that I'll get hurt speaking to you again. Whether you reject me. He didn't say that. Because he was not in hurt. Man, he was not in fear. Because he was not in fear, he did not have a don't care attitude. Come on church tonight. Joseph could have stayed. The second case study that I'm with Paul is Joseph. In the Old Testament, the second case study. He could have stayed in fear and hurt and could have said, I don't care of the famine. Oh, come on. You hurt me years back. I'll show you a lesson what kings can do. Amen. Joseph had the law of kindness in his mouth and in his heart. Proverbs 31.26 speaks about the church as the bride. Have what? Read it please. Proverbs 31.26 As the church, what should we have? She opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. Amen. Speaks about a virtuous woman. Also speaks about Jesus Christ and the bride. What does the bride should have? The law of kindness. What is kindness? Kindness is a law. However people act or speak to you, you have to speak to them back with kindness. It's a law. It's a law that I've Made, say, I want to walk in the law of love. For me, like, it's a law. Indian law states that when you drive, you drive on the left side. It's a law. You move it, you get accident. Tomorrow you decide, no, no, no. I am greater than the law of India. I'm a born again Christian. And you walk in the law of that pride praise the Lord bye bye you will be my first uh, burial in Bangalore city I cancel it over your life such madness 
So you need to have the law of kindness so that you will not have relationship accidents. Praise the Lord. Certain relationships should not be buried before Jesus comes back. It's a blessing. Today's people keep every worldly, lustful, every kind of wrong relationship alive. They walk with them two miles, five miles, but the very relationship that you keep it in God's love, you never go one inch to keep it alive. Something is wrong today. Kindness is love in action. Hallelujah. Joseph had that anointing. He was a king. I call it the kingly anointing. Though he is king, he said, I will show kindness, love in action. It speaks, it, it, in, in, in Greek, it means consistent. Never acting rashly or rude. That's what Joseph did. He, did not, he was not rude. Hallelujah. He said, Lord was behind this. Ah, he recognized, see the discerning in love. When you are not fearful or hurt, see how he is discerning. It was the Lord who sent me before you so that our generation, our nation shall be preserved. What a picture. What a vision. What an attitude. The Bible says Joseph nourished them, sustained them, supplied them, kept them alive, promoted them, strengthened them, built them up. Because he was a king. You and I who was washed by the blood of Jesus Revelations call us the kings. But we think like slaves. What does slave think? They are so bound, they cannot see beyond their bondage. Their hurt. Their last pain. And can and can't imagine other people free. So they are rude. They can't be kind. Because you are a slave. Slavish mindset are always people who are the rudest. So people in slavish mindset, they were rude. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, if you still don't understand this, you will move into the next level, the third stage. From fear to a don't care attitude. And if you still allow you to go to the next stage, you get into a sign called isolation. Isolation. It comes my third case study on a person called Mary, the mother of Jesus while he was on earth. Mary could have been in a don't care attitude because she could have said, hey, the Holy Spirit came, brother. Holy Spirit spoke to me. Now I don't care what you guys think. She was not like that. She reached out. She ran to Elizabeth. She was not isolated. Anybody who is full of the Holy Spirit cannot be isolated. Come on, church. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Anybody who is full of the Holy Spirit cannot be alone. Mary ran to Elizabeth. Isn't it beautiful? Why Christians are in isolation? Because they have a don't care attitude. Isolation makes you hear the voice of the devil. An idle mind is a devil's workshop. Not full of the Holy Spirit. My fourth case study. St. Thomas was idle in his mind and doubts crept into his heart. Praise the Lord. He was isolated when God was there with everyone. Thomas was alone, isolated. And doubt came. Praise the Lord. He was idly sitting outside. Isolation. And number fourth stage you will get from isolation is assumption. You start assuming things. Thomas may have thought, may would have said this, he should have said, it's not Jesus said, that I will see you again. 
Jesus said, I will see you. Maybe he doesn't want to see me. That's the reason he's not showing up. Yes, you start assuming. <laughs> Maybe the breakthrough is not coming because I am here. So let me go out and see. Unfortunately, when he went out, Jesus came. Then he would have thought, ha, ah, I knew it. I was always the problem. See, if I am not there, I go my way, disciples go away, everything will be alright. He could have thought that. Some people leave the church assuming, oh, the church doesn't want me. I'm too bound. I'm too complicated. God could make a complicated a doubter into an apostle. <laughs> For some reason, God has sent me to the complicated. Praise the Lord. Amen. To the point that I have lost all my complication in life. I was a complicated person, maybe because of that. God rescued me from my complication and gave me the wisdom to keep my life simple and at rest. And I want to release that same anointing over you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus came again because he did not want Thomas's life to end in assumption and doubts. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Also, a second reason I believe why Jesus came. Because the next stage, what Thomas could have done is that he could have sown a wrong seed, a discord, a discord among the brethren. And say, hey, see, Jesus said he'll come. He did not come. Jesus loves few people. He doesn't love people like us. He could have, he could have sent a news, a wrong news, a discord. And said, hey, don't, don't completely fully trust him, even if he's Jesus. Insecure people always sow discord. That's the reason. Jesus had to make him secure because insecure people will always spread the wrong news not the good news, some some news all of us are newsmakers, but most of us are not newsmakers of good news, some news God has called you to be an ambassador of Christ, of good news good or bad Good or bad, we like to share the seeds we carry. Mary sowed the good seed to Elizabeth. Look at what Proverbs 12 and the 20th verse says. The seed is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. Amen. Deceit is in the heart of that imagine or assume evil. So if you are um, uh, assuming evil, you will start releasing deceit. Amen. So, the Lord has to bring Thomas out of his assumption. Otherwise, he will start releasing deceit. Now, go to Proverbs 6.19. A false witness who speaks lies and one who sows discord among brethren. Four things God hates, the Bible says. And the last one, other three, I don't have time. He said, a false witness that speaketh lies and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Just imagine if Jesus would not have risen, if Paul, Thomas could, would not have seen Jesus rise again. He could have said, hey, he would have been a false witness. He could have said, Jesus never rose again. Just imagine, one of those apostles is saying that. The entire church would have been affected. Amen. A difference of opinion. That word discord means a difference of opinion. That's why you need to know what is taught in the church. Don't spread wrong news and think that Petra church and pastor things like that. No. It speaks about a 
harmonious all the instruments are being harmonious you need to be harmonious today we are not harmonious jesus and us are not harmonious pastor and us are not harmonious husband and wife are not harmonious parents and children are not harmonious there is discord we are having difference of opinion praise the lord jesus said it's an abomination if you put a discord between the brethren in the church brothers are where in the church it's an abomination there was never reasons that i have lost my control as a servant of god as a person when i see discord among the brother it doesn't matter what age you are what group you are who you are and what church you are i'll fire you unity and discord if you still stay in discord you get into the next six stage lie now that's getting into a deeper root there is a deeper rooting from this stage onwards you are giving hurt a deeper rooting lie any wrong seed will become a lie and a lie believed again and again becomes a truth amen isn't it we have a certain party tarnishing another person in another party a young uh, person saying oh this guy is useless this guy is lazy this guy doesn't know anything they are spreading news isn't it and what happens later everybody even his own party people believe that he is a lazy dumb guy praise the lord so the lie the seed become the lie you become proud in that lie you you believe with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength what you are believing is the gospel truth to the point that you know that you are wrong still you believe it that's the spirit that's the power of lie when you know that you are wrong in a, somewhere in your heart still you chose to believe that lie because that looks more of truth but there's an amazing scripture in the bible proverbs chapter 11 and the first verse it's a good day to go and home and read proverbs 1 to 31st chapters take 15 first then 10 and then 6 you can read it you can finish it in about 31 minutes praise god proverbs 11:1 dishonest scales are an abomination to the lord but a just weight is his delight a dishonest weight a false balance is an abomination to the lord everything is balanced Sometimes what happens a false balance we balance everything on a the lie and you get a false balance whatever we are going through tonight if you put balance it in on a lie you will get a lying result don't falsely balance somebody just imagine my weight is 60 I know it's a lie but just imagine my weight is 60 that is my weight but somebody said no you are 120 you are 120 they are putting additional 60 lie on me for them i look like 120 actually i am only 60 is that what is happening with our relationships it's only 60 but we have added up added and added and added everything looks like 120 when actually it's 60 through the eyes of god it's 60 when i say it also you are not getting it because that is the lie for you it's still 120 if pastor says it's 120 if angel says it's 120 if god says it's 120 you're so rooted in the sphere of earth 
Hallelujah. Amen. Your seeing changes everything in life. It becomes like that. And the lie will become the next stage, bitterness. Now, see it goes, see the depth it goes now. Bitterness. My next case study is Israelites, Exodus 15, verse 22. Oh, verse 6, sorry, Exodus chapter 20, Exodus 22. Ah, is it Exodus? Oh, sorry, Exodus 15, Exodus 15, verse 22. Yes, so the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Yes, yes, and it. the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea. All Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. Ex, ex, Exodus 17. Huh? I saw it just now. Where is it? Oh, oh sorry, sorry. Uh, 17. 17, one onwards. And verse 3. 17, third verse, yeah. And the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why is it you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So oh, Mo no, 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 no. Everybody's getting wrong. I will read it. Exodus 15, 22 onwards. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea and they went into the wilderness. 23rd. And they came to Mara. They could not drink of the water of Mara, for they were bitter. Therefore the name, it was called Mara. And the people murmured against Moses saying, what shall we drink? Amen. The lie became bitterness. When you believing the lie against God and against people, they said, why did you? Did you actually tell us the truth? That when you said you are taking us to the promised land, why did you? Come on. Now it's become what they are saying next is bitterness. A bitter water. Then now they are murmuring against God, against Moses. God doesn't care for us. See, that's what happened. When you keep believing a lie, it becomes bitter. And the Agathur Kaipo. My next case study is Naomi. Ruth chapter 121. Now what does Naomi says? Ruth chapter 1 and the 21st verse. I went out full and the Lord brought me home empty again. What a lie. What a lie. Just call me Mara. Call me Mara. Why? Call me, don't call me Naomi, which means beautiful, pleasant. Call me Mara, bitter. Why? I went out full and the Lord brought me empty. What a lie. It was the other way around. Lord sent them full. She came back empty. <laughs> That's what when you, when, you, when, you, when you believe in a lie, you twist things. According to your advantage and reasoning. You twist things. I've seen many people twisting. I people even say, people saying, the reason why we are fighting at home, pastor, you are the reason. I, I don't want to tell the reasons what they were fighting. I don't know how the pastor can be a part of their reasons. Live compassion. I went for a fast and I broke the twisting serpent into two. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Look at the Israelites. Rest of them believed that lie, became bitter. Only two stood out Joshua and Caleb. 
Amen. Number eight. Now, when you get bitter, now you make groups. You become groupism. Now, Israel made a group there. Groupism started in the wilderness. Moses on the mountain. Joshua next to the mount. Israel, let's make a group. Let's a new leader we want. They choose the weak Aaron, Aaron, and said, "All our gold." What came out of? They said, "This is our new leader." The group, the calf group, isn't it? It started there. John 5 in the pool of Bethesda the pool of grace there is a group all and everybody are sick they are encouraging them they are they are encouraging them. you have you have cancer it's okay I have AIDS yeah don't, don't worry bro they're all one team da <laughs> the group there all are sick Jesus said, hey, if you want to get healed, get out of that group. Take up your bed and walk. You make groups. Hurt people. All hurt people will come. They're comfortable with that group. I'm speaking about the city of Bangalore. All groups. And look at everyone. You will go through this stage. You will see their faces. I started seeing this when I came in 97 at the age of 17 in the College of Commerce. God in His mercy kept me out of every group. I wanted to enter many groups. But thank God, I was so passionate about the Lord. I had a black Bible in my hand. Because of that, everybody smiled and did not want me to be in their group. Bible saved me. <laughs> friend of bitterness, friend in bitterness. Whether you are a friend of bitterness or you are a friend in bitterness. Have you noticed? Friends come in bitterness, fight the same cause, fight the same enemy. Come with the same stupid answers. Because it makes a saint's mind into a sinner's mind. It makes a saint's mind into a sinner's mind. Bitterness is contagious. It brings habitual sins. It brings lust. It brings addictions. It will bring sleep in relationships. All Bitter people have these problems. That's why tonight, Jesus said, there is a cross. There is a tree. That if you put that tree in this water, you can be healed, most loved, and most healed tonight in the name of Jesus. There is a river whose streams make glad in the city of God. That every addiction, every habitual sins, every lust, every sickness tonight be broken by the power of the holy name in the name of Jesus tonight. We give you praise. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that God told Aaron too to go into the mountain with Moses, but Aaron stayed out? Why? You have friends in bitterness. You will cannot even get close to God. Oh, come on church tonight. Don't miss this point tonight. Don't miss this point tonight. When you have the spirit of bitterness, you can't get close to God. When you are in the group and friends who are bitter, you can't even get close to God. You can go for retreats. You can go for conventions. You can hear any message. You will not get close to God if you are friends of bitterness. Ninth thing. 
the ninth stage tonight, you become very suspicious person. You become very suspicious. Even if I try to do something good for you, you will see a hidden agenda behind it. Keep the children somewhere close. Parents, keep the children. rest. Very important points coming. It's a spiritual breakthrough. Devil will try all the way to hinder it. Don't allow it. Keep your heart and mind focused because your destiny might remain the same or it might change tonight. God gave me this word especially for this congregation tonight. Everything that you try to do for them, you will see a hidden agenda. Numbers 32.1 Joshua is tried to take people to the promised land. Half tried of Manasseh, God and Reuben thought they, Joshua did not have the best of interest in his heart. So what did they do? They told Joshua, we will stay here. We have many plentiful land here. We will stay here. I don't think you have best interest. That's my addition. But that's the reason. They did not believe that their best was in the promised land. They stayed in the border. Tonight, my brother, my sister, don't stay on the border. Because it was the same place that became demonized in Mark chapter 5, full of pigs and uncleanness and shut out Jesus out of the city. The same Gadites. After 2,000 years, they stayed there being suspicious of Jesus and it became a pigsty full of 6,000 demons. Take care of your generation. It will be, it's a cancer that spreads. They make their own decision. Pastors are controlling. It's a suspicious mind. Ask any person who was adored under the control of a pastor ever fell in a ditch. Ask the people who have fired the most. Ask the people I hit with a hammer whether they have ever tasted something bad. Because you have, you go certain extremes. You go according to how much you want. So that you will see you have their best interest in their heart. Because one day you have to give an account to Jesus. But suspicious people stay in the border. Anybody who has served the Lord 20 years can never put you in a wrong boat. I am not Judas who served the Lord. Anybody who has served three years in the Lord, you need to be suspicious. But not people who have served, have a longevity of 20 years walking in the Lord, cannot control you into something disastrous. If God prospered a Samuel as a prophet unto the nations from Beersheba to Dan under a backslidden prophet called Eli, how much more, hallelujah, pastors and teachers who are crying out the Lord in prayer daily for your good, how much more God will anoint them over your life to take them to your destination. And number 10, you get into gossip. You say, I have the right to fight. Proverbs 3.29 verse. Proverbs 3.29. The 10th stage is gossip. Do not devise evil against your neighbor, for he dwells by you for safety's sake. Amen. Deny, do not devise. In the Amplified Version, it says, do not gossip. Amen. Do not gossip. What is there says? What does the Bible says? Do not devise evil. Do not devise evil against your neighbor. 
Do not say things. Devise it. Hallelujah. You wait to destroy somebody. That's gossip. Waiting to destroy somebody. Releases something to destroy somebody. That's gossip. Speaking behind their back to destroy somebody. Gossip. I encourage you, whether you like somebody or not, have the courage to face them on their face and tell them, brother, sister, I felt it like that. If I am wrong, correct me. Don't gossip. You're much better than that. Look at two people and say, you're much better than that. All the programs that we see in the TV, gossiping. Emotional atyachar. That's what sometimes we do in the church. And it becomes hurt and the hurt becomes hatred. The 11th stage is you become hurt and it becomes a hatred. I don't have the time to show how to get out. How to get out. Proverbs 3 and the third verse. How to get out. Just four points and I finish. How to get out. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Amen. High esteem in the sight of God and man. Don't bind them on your neck. It made me think. It means don't turn your neck away from them. Bind mercy on your neck. When there is an issue, don't turn your neck and go away. Show mercy. And on your heart, don't close your heart on those kind of people. Amen. Number one, don't turn your neck and don't close your heart. Be merciful. Matthew 5 said, to the merciful obtains mercy. Show mercy. Amen. And somebody will show you merciful when you need it. Number two, tell the problem to the one you have it. Matthew 18 and the 15th verse. Matthew 18 and the 15th verse. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Him alone. Ah. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Amen. So only speak to the problem with the person you have it, not your brother, not your sister, not your mother, not your anyone. To the one you have it. Then more times you gain them. If still things are not working out, take two elders. Come tell pastor, pastor, I want to work it out. Help me. And it will always work. Proverbs 25, 9 and 10. Past, past. Debate your case with your neighbor and do not disclose the secret to another, lest he who hears it expose your shame and your reputation be ruined. Amen. One of the versions says, tell the problem to the one you have it. When you, when you and somebody else can get along, don't, can't get along, don't gossip about it. One of the versions says, when you and your brother can't get along, don't gossip about it. This guy, no, I can't get along. I will go my way. Why are you telling that? Initiate prayer. And God will give a supernatural release. Number three. Luke 10, 19. Believe for victory. Believe victory through the blood of Jesus Christ over every relationship. Luke 10, 19 says, I've given you authority over snakes and scorpions. By nothing, by no means shall hurt you. Take authority over that snakes and poisons. Take authority over it. If you take authority over it, that won't hurt you. You will remain hurt. You will pass over by. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you believe it, put your hands together. Give a clap offering to Jesus tonight. Let there be supernatural release and victory tonight over your life.
give you praise. We give you glory. And believe by faith that you will not be hurt once again. Or at least I will not stay in hurts again in my life. Number four, worship and trust. Anytime that you're hurt, Paul and Silas, they were hurt, wounded. They were in the jail, fully bruised. They were hurt, including by the Macedonian jailer who has asked to hurt them. And he is there. When God supernaturally released Paul and Silas, Paul could have said, we will go out. Hallelujah. But that's what when you are worshipped, he was too healed to leave the Macedonian jailer there. Most loved and most healed. Paul and Silas was the most healed. They were too healed. That they, hallelujah, because of their worship. Now, hear the next verse. They went, saved preached the gospel to the jailer, saved him, went to his house and allowed him to wash their stripes. That's trust. That's trust. That's trust. Allowing the one who hurt you to touch you and wash you is trust again. Oh, come on church tonight. Let's learn from Jesus. Jesus trusted a robber. The robber who hurt him. Both the robbers spoke against him. But Jesus trusted a robber. He said, he does not know what he is doing. Forgive him. Praise the Lord. He trusted a robber to love him back. The same robber who hurt him. Jesus once again committed himself to him and said, Hey Lord, for they do not know what they are doing. Forgive them. Can you... Be like that, Jesus. Even if there are people who knows what they're doing, can you put them in the bracket of don't know? And can you have this attitude? Hey, they don't know. At least they don't know what I'm going through. They don't know. I'll put them in that bracket. And one of the robbers understood it. Praise the Lord. And committed his life to Jesus. When you trust people, you don't know what can happen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So tonight, this is the word. Most loved, most healed. Let's close our eyes in prayer tonight. Hallelujah.